Hey, this is Semi Irregular with Denise and Lucy. I'm Denise. And I'm Lucy. Here we go. Welcome to October's Top of the Watchlist episode. Last month, I challenged Lucy to watch the multi award winning series Fleabag. The BBC Amazon Prime series was created by the angel herself, Phoebe Waller Bridge. <laughs> And it is described as a comedy series adapted from the award-winning play about a young woman trying to cope with life in London whilst coming to terms with a recent tragedy. Do I agree with that summary? Maybe not, but it's a really hard show to describe, so we'll go with it. This episode will contain spoilers for the first and second season or series, so be warned. All right, let's cross Fleabag off of our watch list. excited i cannot contain myself it's finally happening we made it we're here we're gonna talk about fleabag but first tell me what's going on with you um you know just i feel like every episode i'm like i've just been working there's just been a lot there's been a lot but (laughs) in um more exciting news i officially have another show lined up for november going to another show i don't do any (laughs) i don't play shows But check I her out at uh, her, her DJ set. Check out my song club. No. <laughs> I mean, I, actually. Check out her song <laughs> but It's we, a semi-irregular podcast or semi-irregular with Denise and Lucy on SoundCloud. <laughs> Shameless plug. So we actually can do that, but you should check me out on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, we and Denise have talked about how we both kind of try to go to as many shows as we can. Denise's pact has been like one show a month. And I kind of try to do that. I don't hold myself to it. But I didn't think I was going to have one for, for November. Mm-hmm. And I do. So I have Toby Lou this month. Shout out Toby Lou. I know. Toby Lou, rip your episode. Uh, one rip day your episode. I'm sorry. I, ru- I just was so bad. Anyways, <laughs> I absolutely adore him. So I get to see him next week, mm-hmm. this weekend. <gasps> oh my God, it's this weekend. What I'm so excited. It? Sunday. Oh, cute. At Lincoln Hall. And then I get to see Samino at Talia Hall in November. Oh, remember when you said the name and I was like, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with you? Oh my gosh. So double excitement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm going to go see Sarah Perales tonight. Oh, oh my God. She's cool. I like her. I love her so much. And Emily King is opening for her. Um, whom I love. Whomst. Whomst. <laughs> Whomst. I love. Um, <laughs> And I know they have a song together on Sarah's newest album, so I'm like positive she's gonna go on stage with her, and I'm just gonna cry about it the whole time. Um, I'm going by myself. I kind of wish I wasn't, but like, I'm also kind of hardcore, and I was like, I want to be as close as possible. Um, Live your life. I didn't have five hundred dollars to throw at this when tickets went on sale, and I didn't know I didn't feel very comfortable doing that. So I did get floor seats. They're not as close as I wish they would be, uh, but they're close enough. And yeah, follow my Instagram. <laughs> she'll be that little she'll plug. Be sharing it. <laughs> Denise at the show on Denise Instagram. Denise at the show on Instagram. I'll be sharing my. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited. The last time I saw her was, well, actually, Gabby Van and I went to her book clubs. Or, oh my God, her book signing a few years ago. Um, 
but we saw i saw her one time like um, in performance at the chicago theater but we were so far away it was like not a great experience i didn't have glasses so i couldn't couldn't see and uh, i still cried the whole time though and i still have the videos from that on my phone i had a really bad phone back then yeah Uh, i had a great phone now (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna capture all the memories oh my god it's gonna be such a great time i'm excited for you i know me too i'm excited for me too thank you good yeah yay all right so that's what's going up i'm sure i'll give an update about how that went mm-hmm, next mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. anyway lucy so like i said we're gonna be talking about fleabag today and this is like it feels like it's a long time coming yes you've mentioned the show to me since like before we started doing the podcast yeah and then every meeting since <laughs> Doing every episode. word you say just like we have to do an episode and not even that like you were never like we have to do an episode you were like lucy you need to watch it mm-hmm. lucy you need to watch fleabag because i need to talk to somebody about it. you need to watch it that That's that exactly was my end like. of the conversation and you were like stop stop yelling at me i literally was like denise i'll watch it when i watch it and i just never did so that's how i felt though the whole time like i, I started i randomly well, no. So a few years ago, back, I think it was like 2016, whenever I came out on Amazon, the mm-hmm. first uh, season, I watched it because I heard like online people like talking about it. And they're like, there's no way to describe this episode. Uh, you know, you just ha- or the show, you just have to watch it. And so I had it on my little mental list of stuff mm-hmm. to watch. And then one day I was just like hanging out and I was like, yeah, I like she's crying. It looks like she's been through a thing. Let's go <laughs> ahead and give this a try. I was like, it's just just six episodes you know it'll it'll be like watching a movie Mm -hmm. so i put it on and i I watched the first season in a sitting and i was like this is a masterpiece i've never seen anything (laughs) so great in my entire life every other thing is trash this is great nothing else will ever compare (laughs) (laughs) so subsequently after that anytime anybody asked me for recommendations or if we're talking about tv i'm like you should watch fleabag Mm -hmm. i don't know if you'll like it it's one of those shows where you will immediately be obsessed with it or you're like oh this is weird yeah there's no in between and I, that's how i like my things that's how i feel about vampire weekend that's how i feel that's about how i like my things it's either Very polarizing <laughs> super polarizing <laughs> super in it for everything or in it for nothing yeah. uh one thing i did say that i was going to pin out before we move any forward because i'm gonna stop crying about it in a second but ruth ann if you were listening to this episode and you haven't watched the episodes or the show yet you stop listening and you go and watch it. I told you I would call you out on the podcast, and I'm calling you out right now. Yeah, Ruthann, how dare you? Yeah, Ruthann, go watch it if <laughs> you haven't seen it yet. And you know this, I'm serious, because I'm calling you by your full name. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody else, you do you. If you feel comfortable going forward with, with spoilers and not seeing a show, I wouldn't recommend it because it's one that I think you should really just watch. Yeah, I definitely feel like I normally don't care if people do that, mm-hmm. but I agree. Yeah, so as of this moment going forward spoilers heavy season one and season two you have been warned multiple times all right so you are right lucy like when we started the doing plot pod club (laughs) podcast plan (laughs) do you ever like flub on a word and you kind of podcast pod no but i don't know if it's just this is just me but like if i like stutter on a word or something i kind of just like stop and like stare blankly like excuse me i like judge myself i'm like how the fuck how dare you mouth words <laughs> and i've never had like a stutter or a stammer but i've always kind of sometimes like uh like stuttered on words 
like when I'm nervous or I'm overwhelmed or excited, yeah. <laughs> excited. Mm-hmm. So I do that a lot. Yeah. And and they, I'm so self conscious about it. Anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't contain myself. It's okay. Okay. So when we started rec- recording and like working on the podcast, the second series came out. Hashtag Summer of Pod. Summer of Pod. It's in our notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put that in. And um, again, I didn't know. And it was coming out vaguely at some time. Mm-hmm. And then like bless people like British viewers and like Canadian viewers because I feel like sometimes they get shows before we get them here in the States. Mm-hmm. And they're so good about not spoiling stuff. We suck. Oh, I mean, like, I can spoil the fuck out Twitter of everything. Talk about everything. <laughs> like, similar with Anne with an E. Like, yeah. it's on right now. I have not seen one spoiler. Bless you. Uh, point is, like, it had come out already in England, and it wasn't very much, like, I didn't really hear about it, so I saw it on Amazon one night. Mm-hmm. It was a Friday night. I came home from work. <laughs> Saturday mornings, I work. I was like, oh, I'll just watch an episode or two, and then keep going. I stayed up till three in the morning <laughs> <laughs> watching the second series. And like after that and to this day and every day for the rest of my life, it'll be ruined. My life is a nightmare. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have been ruined by this show. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge, PWB as we'll refer to her going forward, um, has wrecked my life in the best way possible. So I, after that, every single time I saw Lucy, I was like, Lucy, I don't even know. And she's like, yeah, well, we'll have to do an episode of the podcast. I was like, yeah, but I'll probably just be like making like whale noises the whole time because I don't know how to articulate my feelings. I just don't even know. I told you. And you're like, do you feel comfortable doing that? Because I know you said you have like feelings and you don't know how to talk about them. I'm like, (laughs) I still have I literally was like, Denise, are you okay going into this? Do you feel like we can do this? I still don't. I still don't. I feel like I'm, my heart is racing a mile a minute. My mouth won't shut up. But <laughs> we're on this journey together. We're people. on this journey together. Can Denise make it through this? Sometimes, you know, you have to remind me to breathe and we're gonna. Okay. Breathe. So that's where we're at. Breathe. As you will know, sort of the protocol is spend some time blabbering on about why we made this choice. And now, Lucy, I'm going to throw the mic over to you. Toss it. I'm going to first ask you a couple questions. Okay. First question is, what were your thoughts on this? Did you have any idea what the show is about? What were your preconceptions? None. Before watching. Preconceptions, this show ruined Denise's life. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly had never heard about it. I feel like it was one of those things that I would see on Amazon because I have Amazon Prime and like I watch a lot of stuff. I actually don't watch a ton of stuff on there. I'm really bad at it because for some reason I'm like a weird aesthetics person and the aesthetics of Amazon Prime stresses me out. I can't tell you why. I just feel like there's too much going on because it's attached to the regular Amazon website and it just like gives me the heebie-jeebies. Anyways, (laughs) there's so many shows that I've heard so many things about on Amazon that I haven't seen. Like the, what is it? Like the Marvelous Mrs. Measle. So good. Like all of those like oh, such a good Amazon show Prime shows I have not seen. This is the first one that I was like, oh. I sat down and watched. I don't know why. I just had, I, they're really great. And then I'm like, okay, either they're going to be really serious. I'm really bad at like watching new shows. Mm-hmm. Truly. Like I'm, I think I get like stressed out that I'm not going to like it. So I'm like, I'll just watch something I know I like. Right. <laughs> like I'll just do that. I feel that. Yeah. Um, But I also didn't, like I didn't look into it because you told, Denise told me, she was like, I don't want you to know anything about it. Like, I want you to go into it with 
no expectations. So I did. I was good. I also like doing that. Like when new movies are coming out that I know I want to see or that I kind of have heard of, I don't like to see the trailer. Like I, I'm like, I just want to go into it like fresh. Like everything is like new and shocking. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to have any semblance of an idea of what's going to happen. And I didn't. Uh-huh. And it was interesting. I think I, I like messaged her and was like, I didn't know. Like, I feel like I've never had this reaction to a show where like my interest in it had to build. But it wasn't in like a negative way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was watching the first episode and I was like, mm, OK, like it's been like 10 minutes and I haven't like outright laughed. So like what kind of show is this? Like I was trying to figure out the direction of it. Mm-hmm. Like, is it a comedy? Is it a drama? Is it? Like, what are we doing? Is it, like, a sitcom? Is it, like, I couldn't, I was trying to place it. Yeah. And I was just like, it's whatever the hell it is. I just need, like, I'm just going to watch it because I have to. Mm -hmm. That was part of it. And then after, like, the first episode, I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know what? I think I like that. I think this is good. Like, (laughs) I literally, oh, I hit my mic. Um, I literally went through the steps of, like, okay, I think I like this. And then by the time I was done with, like, the first season, I was like, oh, my God. I have to watch this. Like, what? Like, yeah. But it had to build for me. Like, it, I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. caught right from the beginning. It's, like, a weird... I've never had that happen to me where it wasn't in, like, a bad way. Like, I wasn't like, oh, the show was slow to start. Or, oh, it wasn't that interesting. It wasn't that. I was just... I I think because I knew how, like, obsessed with it you were, uh-huh. I kind of was like, all right, let's be objective about this. And I was really, like, let me take it all in before I come to any conclusions. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was like... Let me just let me just make it through this mm-hmm. and then I'll decide how I feel about it. Like that was, I think, the first time that I've watched something. And I think it was just because I knew how much you liked it. I was like, I need to really like did you give did this you feel, space. Did you feel any pressure to like like it or pressure from me? To no, like, but I think good? I think I knew like if I have an opinion about it, I really need to be concrete in it because this show is a big <laughs> deal to me. Do you know what I like? I was like, yeah. let me really like suss this out and give it a good watch. Mm-hmm. And, like, come to actual conclusions because then this was also around the time that it, like, won all the Emmys. Yeah, this was right after. Right, right after. after. The Emmys that so you watched I watched it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me really, like, take this in mm-hmm. as, like, a piece of art mm-hmm. and not just, like, a TV show to watch. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so that was one of my big questions. I was like, do you, uh, because I'm so obsessed with it, I'm also kind of like, I don't want people to think that, like, they have to watch it and mm-hmm. love it. Um, and so I was like, I want to know what her thoughts are before going into it. I want to know what your mindset is. Like, because I went into it the same way. Like, I was like, I don't know what I'm watching. Mm-hmm. The description is crap, so it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, all I know is that I've heard good things about it, and I know it's not very long. So yeah. I can stick with it. And I don't know about you, but I enjoy, like, a mystery to something. I'm like, what yeah. is this? What's the thing? Me too. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I wonder what Lucy thought about that because I had a very different <laughs> way into it where I was just watching it because I was like, oh, this is on. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Whereas you like, there was so much hype from it from me. So I'm glad to know that you were like able to compartmentalize that. Well, and it's because that's part of the reason that I tend to not watch things when like you're different because it's like you're my friend and you're excited about it. Mm-hmm. But like certain things that become very like to this day, I have not watched the last season of Stranger Things. Because when things get so hyped up like that and so many people are like, oh, my God, breathtaking, life changing, amazing. This is so groundbreaking. I can't watch it and not be like, that wasn't as good as ever. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't like to have 
that like hype in the back of my head when I watch something for some reason like mm-hmm. then I feel like I can't just like enjoy it for me or not enjoy it for me mm-hmm. so a lot of times I like wait a really really long time to watch something like yeah. I feel like in elementary school like everyone I knew that was like, talking about like Grey's Anatomy and I didn't fully watch it until like two years ago yeah because right. I was just like whatever I mean it's just like a soap opera whatever I don't uh-huh. care no, and then I watched it and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> that's intense. But, but I like have to, I'm the kind of person that's like, I want to do that for myself and not have like all these people's opinions sure. in the back of my head. Uh-huh. So, but for this, I was like, okay, they just won a bunch of Emmys. But I don't know anybody else who talks about it. So it's not like it was a huge in the back of my head mm. thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're the only person I knew that was hyping it up. It wasn't like it was all <laughs> over my social media. Okay. Like, oh my god. It yeah. was just you. Just me. <laughs> so I was like, but I I truly <laughs> felt like, okay, this is really important to Denise and she really wants to do like a good episode on this. So let me just, let me put on my little critical thinking cap. <laughs> and like, ooh, I keep hitting my mic. <laughs> Were you, Denise? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've switched roles. But I was like, let me just really, like really, really take mm-hmm. this in because I don't want to just be like, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. And that's like my only thought. Oh my god, that drives me crazy. Yeah. When people, I'm like, okay, so what did you think? And you're yeah. like, mm, that's fine. That's like, fine. That's good. Yeah. You? How dare you? <laughs> uh, okay, so tell me. So let's start with season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can definitely get like a little bit more in depth to it. But I still want to hear a lot about like your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, again, because I also, do you, do how do you feel about this? I feel like I have such a deep like emotional investment onto the show that i feel like maybe i don't have a very clear view of it like <laughs> like i feel very biased i i think I it's get the best that thing that's ever occurred I'm, yeah i get that because i feel like when it's something that you're like that passionate about like, you have really strong feelings about you're like i don't care what anybody says it's amazing like if you don't like it you're a garbage yeah. man with garbage opinions <laughs> and garbage feelings yeah i could <laughs> i could see that <laughs> um gosh i'm so glad you liked it though because i don't know how i would recover if you were like, i do i think it's a like a kind of important i feel like so i have the amazon page pulled up just mm-hmm. because i want to like make sure that i'm like getting the order of things right because mm-hmm. i tend to just be like i just remember this happened but i don't remember where it happened um but i feel like the amazon descriptions are like so bad i don't like okay read me read to me the amazon okay so like this is for episode one Mm-hmm. It says, angry, pervy, outrageous, and hilarious Fleabag arrives with a bang as she spins through the city, grasping at anyone and anything that might keep her head above water. Like, I Ugh. get, like I get yeah. it, but then I'm also like, ugh. Which is so <laughs> interesting that you bring that up because I think this show is super subversive. It is really transgressive. And it... it <laughs> I just I want to know who did the Who captions. wrote... What man? Which man wrote because these? Because then it's like, for episode two, it says dumped by her emoji like dumped as such a by her emotionally fragile boyfriend and now desperately trying to sell her stolen goods fleabag attempts to rekindle romantic fires to distract her from whatever like it's yeah they just seem like real dramatic and i'm like i feel like a lot of descriptions like that about shows that like the main character is a woman they're all like that like she's devastated she's a pervert she's (laughs) she's all these things yeah uh you know it's uh yeah it's not great and it's such a good show that I would hate for anybody to like read the descriptions and be like, oh, this is dumb. I'm not going to read that yeah. because it is so smart. It's so it's so smart in a way that you're not going to feel like somebody smart is like I'm being smart at you. Yeah. But OK, so the reason that I, I so people ask me, like I mentioned earlier, like, what is a show about? And I'm like, I don't know. 
watch it <laughs> i couldn't even tell you so right if now. you had to come up with like a description of somebody like i'd never seen it and i was like hey lucy i've heard about that show fleabag what's it about what would you say it's about stuff <laughs> it's about stuff and things um i don't know i feel like if you really really want to go there and be like what's a like forced description <laughs> of this show i i don't think i could come up with like a concrete it's this this and this like i feel like i would just have to say it's like it's just about a woman dealing with like life but like real life problems <laughs> And, like, her not being a perfect person. Like, right. she's not a perfect I'm human. Not a perfect person. <laughs> but it's because I feel like this show does a lot of things where it's, like, kind of breaking the mold of, like, what women are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, like, what a woman at this age is supposed to be. And they kind of show that with, like, all her relationships. Because everyone in her life just, like, judges the fuck out of her. Yeah. And it's kind of her... I feel like learning to like accept some of the things about herself that are problematic mm-hmm. and also be like, fuck you to like the things about her that are good that people don't recognize. Yeah. So it's just her kind of like getting, I feel like it's her like accepting a lot of things that have happened to her because it, it's not wholly wrong. It does center around like a traumatic event, mm-hmm. but it's her coming to like, what like her coping with it or her coming to like a place of like acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great way of phrasing it. So let's let's talk about season one and your yes. impressions on it. Uh, tell me your so you've already told me, of course, you were uh, no no preconceptions, no expectations. You just knew it was something that I really cared about, and so that you are going to go into it with a clear mindset and you know um, a willingness to go where the journey takes you, <laughs> right? Uh, okay, so after you finish watching the first season. Like, what stood out to you? What did you like? What didn't you like? Yeah. Um. Well, first of all, I feel like when the first episode started, I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, you know... <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So let me, set the, let me set the scene. So it starts with a monologue. And then one thing I did want to point out is that Fleabag <laughs> was initially a one-woman play. Like, um, PWB, she wrote this and produced it. And it was a, a play that then was developed for, for film or for television. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was meant to just be a limited series of six episodes. That was what was in the play. And that's what you were being presented with. And so uh, just imagine being at a play and so she's giving this monologue. And so she's talking about like, you know, she's hooked up with this guy. She's talking about like feelings and a lot of stuff. And it's sort of narrating (laughs) as it's happening. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then (laughs) and then she's like, and then something occurs to me. Do I have a massive butthole? Like, that's the first thing off the bat. Well, because like this, he's literally like when you look at like the notes or whatever, he's known as like asshole guy because he like fucks her in the ass is basically (laughs) like what it is and like that's the intro to the fucking episode and he's talking about how like oh my god i've never been able to do that with anyone like and she's kind of the whole point is that he apparently like his dick is so big he's never been able to do that Mm -hmm. and she's literally like so it occurred to me like is that really romantic or do i just have a giant asshole like that's how the fucking episode starts and i was like oh literal first instinct I was like okay you're already (laughs) immediately caught off guard you're like oh we're we're talking about butt stuff already okay (laughs) let's go there 
Um, so I was like confused because I was like, okay, what is this about? And then immediately it transitions to her meeting the guy on the bus and then talking about how her and Harry just brought, like, it's a lot all at once. Lucy sent me a text with a picture of, of the two <laughs> men. I, I think that's what he called them because he called uh, rodent guy or I something. I thought they called him the toothy man. Toothy guy? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Here, I've, I've One thing to point someone. out is that on this show, Fleabag doesn't have a name. Her name is Fleabag on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody uh, refers to her by her name uh, because it's being told from her perspective. Yeah, and so, the only people that have names are her Claire. sister and Harry. No, Claire, Martin, Harry, uh, the, the stepson, Boo, has a yeah. name as well. So people who you can't reasonably get away with not having a name. Right, I was going to say. Because the guys that she sleeps with don't, don't have names. names. The only person that she sleeps with or has any kind of relationship that has a name is Harry. Harry, yeah. Um, So here, I'm going to pull it up because I had it up here. He's known as Bus Rodent. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Wikipedia description for him says. I... It literally says, Fleabag has a one-night stand with arsehole guy before picking up another man on the bus bus rodent <laughs> i always thought he was toothy man <laughs> why did i think that point is this man has ginormous teeth and we've had i think we kind of had this conversation before because you were talking to me and this like leads into season two we'll get there hot priest and i remember <laughs> looking him up and i was like denise he's not hot what is this and you're like lucy you don't understand you don't understand you'll understand when you watch it so then i'm greeted with this man on the bus and i literally sent her a picture and was like denise What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> what the fuck is this? I'll post a picture. Are there any it. attractive men in this series? What is happening? Um, which like our whole guy is like really cute, but he's a fucking douchebag. Like he's weird. Anyways, so this is all happening in the first episode, and then she's talking about Harry, and Harry's just like this real like fragile. I don't even want to say fragile. He's just very emotional. He's fragile. As hell. He's fragile. Yeah, and it's like. I just think it's funny because I picture him as, like, the exact, like, raging opposite of her. Uh But, like, he's the safe option. So you're introduced to that. And I was like, wow, this is, these are a lot of, these are a lot of relationships. These are a lot of, like, different ends of the spectrum. Uh And then I was like, okay, so, like, we're joking, like, she's a hoe. This is the whole kind of, like, running joke through this is that she's, like, sleeps with everyone and it's just kind of like no shame i'm like live your best life girl you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i was like okay i see the storyline that we're getting at here like are we gonna play this as a bad thing as everyone oh my goodness (laughs) i'm denise i'm talking with my hands a lot today but i'm like are we gonna play like the bad end of this are people gonna be accepting of it like where are we going with Mm -hmm. this what's the point of all this and then there's all these like flashes to her and her friend boo so i I think it took a little bit for them to say what happened. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So I was just like, okay, like, why are these flashbacks? Are these, like, like for a little while, I was just like, where is she? Is she just, like, remembering this and then this character is going to pop up? Or, mm-hmm. like, I kept expecting Boo to, like, show up somewhere. Right. In, like, the current timeline. But it took me a second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was, the first episode was just weird. Like, I felt like it was a good setup. Yeah. Like, you were kind of getting introduced to everyone, but I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. Um, and then Claire comes into the story, and she was just like, I felt like it was, like, me from the future. <laughs> Claire? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like that would be me if I didn't learn to, like, deal with my shit. Like, I would just be Claire. 
you would be Claire, who's incredibly, incredibly emotionally like repressed. Yeah, if I hadn't gone to therapy in high school, probably. Oh, <laughs> like, interesting. Who knows? But like, she's just so like, I don't know. She's like super anal yeah. and like everything stresses her out. Like in that she plans her own birthday party. I did that. I planned my own birthday party this year. <laughs> that was one of my favorite words. Like, it's not even like I'm doing it. It's like, just do this. Just do that. Just do I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I, I Actually, it I'm, I'm just it, doing it. it. Already I already happened. planned it. It's happening. <laughs> this is just be there at this time. <laughs> yeah. So, and honestly, like it built, yeah. like for me, it was like building and I was like, okay, cool. And then by like the sec, like the end of the second episode, I was like, oh my God, I need, I need to keep watching this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so good. And more because I think at first I wasn't sure if I liked Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, like, I don't know how I feel about this character yet. But then it just kept, like, I feel like she's just so, like, snarky and, like, witty mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, my God, yes, I love this. And the whole, like, fourth wall break that they do throughout the whole thing is, like, my favorite thing in the yes. world. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yes. Okay, so just a, a little synopsis. So the first season is about uh fleabag uh coming to terms with a lot of things in her life we see flashbacks of her friend boo of them opening their restaurant or their um cafe their guinea pig cafe hillary's uh we see like really tender really touching moments between boo and fleabag in ways that you actually don't see her interacting with other family Mm -hmm. members or really anybody else in her life uh you start to get the sense that there's something that isn't being said or there's something that you're not in on that everybody else knows uh we are having those um are there are those classic themes of like british uh like uh repression like mm-hmm. not being very emotionally like uh, mature not being really um open and having a lot of secrets like, i think that's kind of a, a not a trope but that's kind of like a big uh theme that's often explored in a lot of these types of shows and uh, that's a big one in this mm-hmm. uh one of the most interesting parts of the first show or the first season or series is that the use of camera and the use of like narration specifically unreliable narrator mm-hmm. um and then of course the fourth wall yeah or direct address as she calls it as um phoebe waller bridge calls it <laughs> what did i suddenly forget her name uh (laughs) like she calls a direct address Mm -hmm. and so as the series moves forward um you see her sort of cycling through these guys Mm -hmm. you see her strained relationship with her sister and her father there's a godmother character who's like a full nightmare played by olivia coleman who is an angel on this earth (laughs) such a good i just think it's funny because i feel like with character like characters like that Mm -hmm. i struggle because I understand the purpose of it, mm-hmm. but I was like, "This, she's such a fucking bitch, I can't. Like, yeah. I literally was, like, so angry, which I think is, like, a testament to, like, how it's acted out, how the mm-hmm. role was written, because it's, like, that character is not supposed to be likable in the least, I don't think, right. and she's not. Like, there's, like, not one second where I'm like, oh, I could see her side. Like, see, yeah. there's yeah. not one second where I can sympathize with her. I'm just like, nope, you're just a bitch and I don't like you. Like, yeah, that's and it. that's that's exactly what leads us back to that mm-hmm. unreliable narrator portion of, of the first season is the fact that through the series, again, you're, you are, as a viewer, you are, you feel like you're in on the joke. You feel like you're 
either friends with Fleabag or at least you're you're seeing everything from her perspective because you literally are you're seeing things Mm -hmm. from her point of view not so much that you're like the camera is acting as her eyes and we're looking out but it's everything we're seeing it kind of like we're the invisible friend and nobody Mm -hmm. else knows we're there but that's why when she keeps having her little snide remarks when she's looking directly at the camera it feels like just like when you're on the office when jim turns and looks right at the the camera you're like yeah that's so crazy Mm -hmm. isn't it or yeah i totally see what you're seeing here yeah uh but as the the season moves forward uh you you're learning more you know her her cafe is struggling she's struggling where is boo uh, why do they what are they not talking about uh sometimes she will be very uh defensive she'll deflect questions she won't uh she has a hard time sort of creating real connections with people mm-hmm. um and as the series moves forward um her brother-in-law martin who sucks <laughs> so yeah, much so much um, her brother-in-law martin um asks her for help with finding a birthday present for, for claire. claire yeah uh he then um like you have a whole episode of them hanging out yeah um when they're at a at a shop you she ends up seeing somebody you end up finding out that that guy was boo's boyfriend and that she um was trying to hurt herself to make him pay because you find out he cheated on her mm-hmm. and earlier in the episodes you find out that she's dead yeah like, that's the thing but and you, she died because she was obviously like she was uh, what did she say she was gonna hurt her finger hurt her finger get hit by a bike and maybe break a finger yeah and then she ends up dying she ends up dying and so in the beginning it must have been like the first or second episode where we find that out mm-hmm. um and so you are led to believe that what you're experiencing is a person grieving and not acknowledging their grief yeah and so you're like yeah well i guess i understand that if you have like a big traumatic loss you you sometimes people really struggle with that mm-hmm. and then as the series moves forward uh martin like comes on to fleabag and of course she she leaves yeah he tries to kiss her at at claire's, claire's party uh, and then Fringe. uh throughout this you also find out that claire has an opportunity to get a really great job promotion move to a different country and she is is grappling with it because she has martin and she's like well no um you know i'm married i have a life i have responsibilities i can't Mm -hmm. just up and go like you i'm not free like you yeah um and so there's a lot of resentment there's a lot of frustration and then finally uh you end up finding out the truth at godmother's uh gallery whatever the sex exhibition the sex exhibition (laughs) um you find out that uh what happened was that fleabag actually slept with boo's Boo's boyfriend boyfriend. um and she never told her and she sort of had a major part in the series of events that led to her best friend dying yeah but the way you find out is Mm -hmm. what made me so mad because obviously so i think fleabag just like outright just tells claire like he fucking kissed me at your birthday party Mm -hmm. because i think claire tells her that she's not taking the job Right, so if we take a step back, like, mm-hmm. originally Claire was going to leave. She was going to give Fleabag money to help keep her shop open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was just going to take her life into her own hands. Yeah. And so um, Fleabag is also having a really hard time with Godmother because she keeps antagonizing her. Mm-hmm. And finally she has a bit of a... A little bit of a meltdown at the sex exhibition. And so it turns into a scene yeah and then she becomes really upset with claire because claire shows up with martin and it's obvious that she's staying with him and that she's right. like 
not doing the thing she was going to do and then she like you're saying she calls her out on it and he says she's like well no he said it was the other way around that you came on to him yeah and, and then Fleabag says like why wouldn't you believe me like I'm your sister and she yeah. said well like your history after what you did after what you did to boo yeah. like why would I and that's when you kind of find out and I was so mad on like a sibling level mm-hmm. that Claire would do that to her like yeah. I was like I get like it was a it, I think it's interesting because I feel like so many people are like wow like Fleabag's like such a bitch I can't believe she did that to her friend I can't believe she didn't tell like there's so many ways that you could take that yeah. in like a negative way but I literally was like, yeah, people make mistakes. Like, it happened. It sucked. But she couldn't control, like, what ha- like what the outcome of what Boo did was. Like, right. I don't think she thought her friend was going to die. Like, they were, like, her like, and the boyfriend, they were drinking. Like, yeah. oh, there was a lot. Like, he's an asshole, too. Yeah. Like, um, But well. I was, like, so mad on, like, a sibling level that clear Because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, like, it happens and you're like, oh, that's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, the minute she said it, I was like, oh. Yeah, it hurts because no, it comes from somebody like as your sibling, as your sister. You're like mm-hmm. you, you're like me. Like there, if there's anybody in the world that's more like me, it's you. Mm-hmm. And for you not to believe me, and so like yes, as a story, that's great. But like you and I being like little baby film nerds, <laughs> I was like, I also want to hear Lucy's thoughts on. So again, use of camera mm-hmm. uh, and the breaking of the fourth wall. That scene. Uh, at the end of the episode six of season one, uh, I feel it is one of the most amazing uses of uh, camera and specifically of like camera as another character mm-hmm. because you feel her uh, being trapped. Yeah. Because she's like in a closet somewhere and she's trying to, she like recoils yeah. when Claire says that. And yeah. so she's sort of trying to turn around. And when she turns around, the camera, also us, is right there. Right there. And you yeah. can't unsee it. And somebody said the thing that she doesn't think about and doesn't yeah that she doesn't want to acknowledge exactly yeah so she turns and she's like sort of cornered in a way Mm -hmm. where you really can't escape it and that's when you get the full like you get the full flashback of what really happened happened. with the boyfriend and with boo Mm -hmm. and so tell me about your thoughts on that like what were you thinking how do you feel that was executed I think that's one of the parts about this show that I do really like Mm -hmm. because I feel like it can be very easy for like television shows especially to not be cinematic Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, that's like a film thing. That's a movie thing. And I feel like sometimes like sitcoms or things like that can be like really static. Like you're just kind of watching people move around a room or a setting. Mm -hmm. And I like that they didn't do that with this show. Like obviously with – the fourth wall like a lot of it is her kind of like interacting with you and like I feel like the camera moves in that same way because like you said you're kind of like the invisible friend that's there Mm -hmm. and it would make sense that in that situation if we're that invisible friend we would be with her but it's almost like she had she was like confronted with like the truth of what happened Mm -hmm. and she kind of turned around to like what would then be the audience and you're like okay like I'm still here you have to deal with this like I'm not you know I just I feel like it was such a smart way to like execute what she was feeling Mm -hmm. without having to be super obvious about it right it's it's like she didn't have to be like no i don't want to talk about that like Mm -hmm. (laughs) obviously she didn't want to talk about it because we were only given like snippets Mm -hmm. of things that happened until then and that i think that episode and then the episode with martin obviously when she sees the guy you get this flashback of him sitting on a couch somewhere and it's just like a smile but you're like oh why is she remembering that like they give you little pieces of it, and mm-hmm. then the fact that it all kind of, like, comes together at the end yeah. is what I like. 
Because that's what the story is. Is like you're getting little pieces of her and it's not till the end that everything kind of comes together. Mm-hmm. And you realize, oh, that's why. That's what's happening there. That's what yeah. was like this, the set for like all the series of events. Yeah, I, I've always kind of thought about it. Like especially that first season. And I keep using season and series interchangeably. But yeah. I like British television. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first season you were watching it um and i i kind of when i was thinking about like how i wanted to talk about it for this episode i i really thought about it kind of like when you make a new friend or when you're meeting somebody new Mm -hmm. like you don't automatically tell them like the worst parts of yourself or you're not like these are my quirks and these are my weird like little like insecurities like yeah and you definitely don't share with them like the shames or their things that you feel like really deeply bad about that you've done or that's happened to you and so it kind of felt like fleabag used the camera and again us as an extension of the camera mm-hmm. as an audience as like somebody fresh somebody new it's like oh hey yeah like i'm really fun and i'm really yeah. cool and like, i know look that at me being quirky wink like yeah it's like and a i know lot that, that that um phoebe has talked about that a lot in interviews about her um her decision making as far as some of the choices that she was making as far as camera work as far Mm -hmm. as storytelling as far as um how the the arc of the story i know that was intentional and so as a viewer you're meant to be like oh our fun our fun friend she's so weird and everybody in her life is like weird or anal or like the worst person ever yeah and then so when you find that out you're like wait it's like when um so you have a friend and they're telling you like about an ongoing thing that's going on in their life like a drama all you know is they're part of it Mm -hmm. and so you're like oh that person they're so crazy or that person like they suck like they're the worst person ever and so all you know is their version of reality yeah and so not to say that grand that godmother doesn't suck but all we know of her is is their is fleabag's version of it yeah is her perspective which is a person who was close to her mother who then as soon as she died moved in on her dad yeah and now she's in his house she's mm-hmm. taken over she's shutting down everything and so you would expect for her to be like you're this you're that you know you're the worst person and she still doesn't confront her on it yeah. but you, all you see is like you see this like are you are you seeing her are you hearing what she's saying like isn't I it ridiculous like that's also how you would feel in like real life like i feel like every time something crazy happens even like at my job mm-hmm. Like, and I'm lucky that, like, I have coworkers that feel the same way, but, like, we'll turn around and look at each other, like, yeah. Did you just, did you just see, like, what happened? Like, I can't say anything, Mm -hmm. because it wouldn't be the place for me to do it, but then you're just kind of like, somebody needs to know. Like, somebody validate Somebody validate that this is just fucking happening to me right now. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's exactly how, like, friendships work, and that's Mm -hmm. how communication works. Especially when you're talking about a situation that a person wasn't a part of, or that you're talking about a person that a person doesn't know. Yeah. You're like... I'm telling you this because this is my experience with it. And so it's multi-layered. It's one, you're getting an unreliable narrator, like I mentioned, because you're not getting the full story. Whereas if this was not a direct address show, if you were just watching it like a typical series, mm-hmm. then you would get the nuances if it's good writing. You would get nuances of the different characters. Yeah. Whereas with this, the only nuance you're seeing is what she's emphasizing. Right. And then two, as far as storytelling i do think it's a really great way of telling a story because you're not only getting the grief you're not only getting the shame Mm -hmm. you're getting sort of the like like you there can be so many stories and i'm sure we can come up with one of people dealing with similar things yeah 
but this is like more like that is a very realistic way in which people sort of work through those different feelings yeah because i'm sure everybody can remember a time that they did something shameful or that they did something they regret or have guilt about yeah and it's not like you're not just like oh i'm feeling guilty right now the feeling i'm gonna feel is guilt it's like i'm going to the grocery store i'm working i'm hanging out with my family i'm doing this or that Mm -hmm. and then sometimes there's like that intrusive thought that jumps at you you're like no 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 not right now not right now put that away we're gonna think about that later and you'll say no to that yeah i think it's cool though because i feel like like now that we're like talking about it and thinking about it, I feel like they do that with multiple characters. Yeah. Like it's a continued theme with like, um, I'm not I don't know if he has a name, but the guy who helps her with the loan. Oh yeah. For the, the small guy. business. Yeah, the bank uh-huh. guy. And how she runs into him at like that group that group <laughs> for like harassment or what I don't even know what yeah. it is. Like it's like a learn how to not be a shitty man. <laughs> <laughs> by yelling at women but yeah by yelling <laughs> by at women, women but like that oh my god their entire scene when they're sitting out there and yeah. like he's just like so honest with her and she's like completely honest with him too mm-hmm. and then they kind of get like a weird like a little friendship mm-hmm. from that because it's like okay like we revealed all of like the shittiest things that we've ever done but also like we want to move on from that mm-hmm. And I feel like they kind of allow each other to do that. But it's he goes through that same kind of character because when we meet him, it's yeah. kind of like a like you're like, it's just a weird introduction to him. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if he's a good person or not. And you're kind of like, OK, that was weird. Like he's shady. But I yeah. like that they kind of gave him his own mini like character out like arc throughout yeah. it. And like Harry, too. Like I feel like as weak and like whatever as harry seems from her perspective i feel like you get a little glimpse of his when they have like that final big fight Uh and she's like so like i don't even know what to call it like smug about like oh look he left the dinosaur he's gonna come back like we already know that this is what he does he's not gonna leave me like whatever like he's my backup forever like he's the guy that will always be there Mm -hmm. when i need someone to sleep with or when i'm feeling lonely and when he comes back in and he's like no i'm taking it like i'm done right like, that for me, I was like, you go, Harry. You know what? Like, y'all didn't need to be together. You were wasting your time, wasting her time. She was wasting everyone's time. Like, do you? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was his own little way, too, of, like, standing up for himself and be like, you know what? No. Like, mm-hmm. I might not be perfect, but, like, I definitely don't deserve this. Right. So, like, I'm done. And I feel like all the characters kind of have their little moments where they do that, except for godmother but yeah <laughs> i'm assuming that's because that's someone like super super negative in her life so they're not yeah. gonna get i i really appreciated the way that uh you beat the other girls to the brightest okay just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i appreciated the way that um that the story is told because like as you were saying that i was like yeah the way that that first season like aside from the story which is a great story mm-hmm. i think the reason it has so much praise was because of just the the way that the story was told on oh, film yeah. or like whatever uh because it's also really true to life because everybody is doing their own thing right like and not to be all like mm, everyone's on their journey but, <laughs> but, but everyone's is. on their journey everybody's on their journey right and so like i might be going through something and so i might have feelings of personal growth or personal setbacks mm-hmm. and so if i if we're not like in each other's lives constantly you're not going to see me going through my own journey yeah but all you'll see is me back and so sometimes you meet people you're like hey you've been like you've been going through something or you're mm-hmm. like different or your perspective is different and that's how it is in real life because on normally on tv shows you're like 
you're following that person like oh you know they did something really bad like he sexually harassed somebody and then he had to go to like a whatever kind of training and Mm -hmm. like you would see him sort of going through the process of becoming a better person Mm -hmm. whereas on this show you see him going through that because then he meets up with her again yeah and he's obviously been through something but it's not necessary for us as a viewer to be on to see it all we know is that when he crosses paths again with fleabag he something's happened and he's Mm -hmm. like grown or something has changed in his life yeah and so he's going to be behaving in a different way Mm -hmm. and that's what life is yeah like you might be going through something i might be going through something we come back and we're like yeah well you know this is what's what's going going on on. with me but it's not like you're not like let me push play on the denise show so i can see like what she was doing that made her get here (laughs) yeah i like that Mm -hmm. so season season one (laughs) perfection all right let me let me set the mood here because again this is where things get emotional (laughs) overwhelming take a couple deep breaths (laughs) mark ruffalo's brother i don't care what anybody says (laughs) Like All right, Ruffalo. They have the same vibes. Mm, interesting. I wanted to hear about that. But okay, so <laughs> season two again. Like I said, came on, like Fucked took me, me by up. storm, nearly died. Uh, what are your feelings and thoughts on your watching experience for season two? Well, I'm just pissed because after I finished, Denise was like, "You're welcome, bitch. I've ruined your life too." <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> She was like, boom, bitch. I knew it was going to happen, and I didn't warn you. Welcome to the club. That's exactly what happened. That's what happened. Um, First of all, I knew. I fucking knew immediately. Like, intro episode, they're, like, at this fucking family dinner. She's flirting with this dude that we don't really know who he is. Not even flirting. It's like they keep having these little moments where it's like, oh, okay, hi. Like, I see you. Hi, hello. You're dealing with my crazy-ass family and you're not losing your mind? Oh, hi. And then I was like, she's going to try to sleep with him. I don't know what the process is going to be like, but that's where the fuck this journey is taking me. Like, I immediately was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. This is the hot <laughs> priest I've been told about. Ah, see, you also went into it Because I knew that, that there was a hot yeah. priest of it all. So you ruined that for me, thank you. No, I didn't. I didn't say you. I didn't say anything to you about it. That's all. I it, you said the hot priest thing to oh, me. Oh, maybe. But it's because you were like Lucy. Like you don't understand. Like there's this part. Oh, I think because one time you were like Neil, and you were like, oh my god, you don't understand the reference. <laughs> and then I googled it, and I was like, Denise, he's not even that hot. Anyways, um, I didn't even say that. Um, no, I said that. <laughs> okay, so. So, anyways, point is, I, I honestly didn't know where they were going to go with the second season because, obviously, the first one ends with, um, like, right after she reveals that. And she... And then she's in the cab. She rejects us, right? So, like, yeah. we moved away, I guess, from season one too fast because uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge always said, like, that's it. That's the one. That was what the play was about. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then um, she later on in interviews when she was promoting for the second season, she was like, you know... I really had to think about it and the idea came to me where the first season you're re- she's really grappling with a lot of things that she has to face mm-hmm. and then the second season is like what would it look like if you did introduce her falling in love with somebody or what would it look like for her to open up in that way and uh, the thing that she really wanted to explore was like fleabag and religion mm-hmm. and so the idea came to her she found a way to reincorporate the camera again yeah. where the camera is us and um this time she's in a very different place right she's not 
she's not hiding but she's still not like yeah she's basically been on a self-improvement kick yeah right basically (laughs) so yes so season two which is that first episode is an emmy award winner by the way because it's Mm -hmm. perfect yes um how great was that restaurant scene okay that's just what i was gonna say this is like one of my favorite like techniques storytelling techniques Mm -hmm. where you start off at like the end of the story yeah and then it's like let me tell you how we got here like (laughs) that's one of my favorite things when they do that because it also just kind of reminds me of like that scene where it's like oh everything's gonna be okay and fine and the narrator's just like everything was not okay and fine like (laughs) in the same not okay (laughs) realm of that but i love i was like okay also, I was just like, "How the wait? Wait a minute! How did we get here?" And mm-hmm. then the episode's like, "I'm gonna tell you how we got here," and then it kind of opens up yeah. into it, and it was just, uh, it was so good. Like it was, I just loved. I love the way they decide to tell the stories. Like it's mm-hmm. a, it's not like it's anything brand new, but the way that they incorporate it into this specific story is just so good. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like it makes sense for how her story was told in the first season. Like, you're not going to do a season two and not find some creative, not exactly linear way of telling the story. Otherwise, that would just be boring compared to what we did in the first season. Well, you know, I remember I was reading an article and they were actually breaking down why the scene works so well. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's using exposition. I, I don't remember exactly where it was from, but I'll definitely link it in the notes. But the article was basically saying, like, this is a masterclass in how to use exposition in Mm -hmm. a television series. Because essentially you are being like, last time on Glee, this happened and this happened and this happened, right? Um, But it's being done in a way where it's still very, like, artistic. It's still very uh, creative. Where essentially um, Fleabag is having a conversation with us and the, like, the chunks of it is actually then being seen as a flashback. Mm-hmm. like so it's like when i'm not going to pretend to like try to do the monologue but she's basically talking about <laughs> how like you know she stopped having she stopped being promiscuous she started exercising she started yeah. becoming friends she started eating healthy she was working focusing on her uh on her cafe and so she's actually in a really great place yeah so it's been over a year yes. since she's seen the family after everything went down at this exhibition mm-hmm. dad and the godmother are engaged oh yeah <laughs> uh claire actually does take the job but she's commuting. she's commuting. She and Martin are apparently trying BFFs. Trying to get pregnant. Trying to get pregnant, not drinking. Um, then there's this other guy who's just randomly there who we don't really acknowledge until deep into the episode. Yeah, like, I, I remember <laughs> thinking, like, why the fuck is... Who is he? And then I was like, are they trying to set her up? Like, I was so confused. Yeah, yeah and so the whole point of it is, like, you're... It's super fast-paced. Yeah. It's telling you everything you need to know. You're setting up the story. You're getting the tone of what the so the show is going to be going forward. Uh, you're also getting sort of like a idea of where she's at. Mm-hmm. And that's all happening within the first few minutes of the episode. Yeah. And, okay. So, <laughs> I have my little notes. Okay. And I have my little thoughts. So, not to drag on too much about this because it's like, I will literally implode if we keep talking about it so <laughs> the priest and he's not the hot priest he's the priest, the priest. first of all people everybody call everybody him calls him the hot priest and i'm like agreed but also he's the priest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he's played by andrew scott who's like 
like if you were to look at him i would understand why people are like oh he's he's fine like not fine like he's fine but like he's fine he's like fine. not fine like fine. he looks fine yeah but it's because he's so charismatic like yeah. his charisma the way he speaks sort of like the engagement you're like mm-hmm. oh okay oh hi um and so it's it's the be it's like sort of laying the crumbs for what is to be the rest of the series mm-hmm. which is essentially her uh flea bag finding connection with somebody yeah with the priest and it starts because um he asks her a question like she says like nobody's asked me anything in 45 minutes and then he's like so what do you do yeah and then she's like oh and then you feel like this audible like shift in the table like oh they've made a connection or they're spoken to each other somebody well, and acknowledged then it's like her. everyone like she'll answer and everyone just continues on with like mm-hmm. they don't even acknowledge that he's asking her a question yeah. like it's a very like oh we don't care or like when they keep saying like oh how's the cat he's like they're like how's the cat going she's like it's doing well and everyone's like okay like it's just yeah. like such a dismissive way of like mm-hmm. talking about her and i feel like he's the one person that's like paying attention to her yeah like genuinely cares to know like what she does <laughs> exactly like oh you're another person that's at this table so i'm gonna be a decent person and yeah. talk to you <laughs> and he's obviously a very perceptive person he's picking up on that there's some something going on and he's also you know a sweary priest he's mm-hmm. you know drinking he's a swearing. cool priest he's, like, he's not like your he's not like a regular priest he's like a cool priest I'm not like a regular priest. I'm a cool priest. I'm a cool priest. Uh, And so you start like getting that foundation of uh, him being somebody that sees her, that's interested Mm -hmm. in her. And then, of course, uh, there's that big blowout with Martin. Punches, fists are thrown. Punches get had. He's such a douchebag. Oh, he's the worst. Actual worst. Not even going to give Martin any Side story, though. Can we just talk about how... Up until this point, her and Claire hadn't really spoken, and she still, like a good fucking sister, pretended that she had an <laughs> miscarriage. Yeah, and that's the thing that that. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Claire and uh, and Fleabag. So one of my favorite parts of this season because mm-hmm. I still have like such a soft spot for season one. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people are super into season two, which with like great reason. I am too for those same reasons. Yeah, but. Like, another very close reason for me is because I'm a person who grew up with sisters. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that relationship was, like, you're so close. You have, like, this spot in your heart that's only for them. Mm It's nobody else. And and it's um, not always, like, not necessarily (sighs) unconditional, but it's just sort of, like, sometimes it's just a struggle (laughs) i'm just remembering when she goes i'm your sister not your friend and that was so hurtful like i don't know how that how you felt about that but i was like damn um i mean i've talked about i just don't know that i've felt that way because i have brothers so it's a little different and me and my brother have me and my brothers have very interesting relations Mm -hmm. as of this point in my life Uh, i feel like when i was younger i probably would have been like oh my god like who says that and now i'm like yeah they're my they're my brothers i don't know that we're necessarily best friends but mm. you're my brother like it's a different i can make that distinction but it's because of the relationships that i have yeah now i think that for me it's like maybe the other way around yeah because when like my relationship with both of my sisters have has been like we never because of the age differences between us i don't know if we we ever were like we're her sisters you know there's like one picture of gabby like like hugging me and i'm like beautiful picture when i was like a little there's tons of me and my brothers uh, when i was little so 
but I also think it's different. Like, we've talked about this, too. Like, the relationship between brother and younger sister mm-hmm. versus relationships between sisters who are of different ages. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, we've all sort of, like, now, because of our, like, like the age gap is is changing in a way where we're all moving into adulthood. Like, Gabby and I are adults. Angie's moving into adulthood. And so I think it's, like, kind of evening the playing field. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, like, I don't think we would have ever been friends. And so when Claire says we're not friends we're We're sisters sisters. yeah i was like damn because (laughs) i've had that exact interaction with both of my sisters at Mm -hmm. different times and i've been both characters right i've been claire and i've been fleabag (laughs) and i'm just like god damn (laughs) 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 that hurt real bad because like the hurt on fleabag's face where she's like i just thought we were hanging out i thought we were I thought this was like a funny little thing that we can yeah. be doing. And when she says, she's like, you make me feel like I failed. And yeah. then you're like, we're standing in your giant office. Like she's like, Don't talk about the size. <laughs> she's like, I will scream if you say anything. And it's just like, not even like with my sisters, but I think just even like with other women, mm-hmm. you're just like, why does this have to be a competition? Why does yeah. this have to like, why can't we both enjoy in this? Yeah. And thankfully, I'm in a place like, and that's been like this for many years now with both of my sisters but definitely can remember like growing up it was really hard mm-hmm. and so i i think aside from the priest and we'll leave that to the end um <laughs> what i think resonated with me the most do i have this on my phone am i yeah so i have a water bottle <laughs> and there's this um one creator who i love um they're called the silver spider shop they have a lot of flea bag stuff um but they made a sticker that says the only person i'd run through an airport for is you which is what Claire says to Fleabag yeah. when she, when they're at the wedding, where she tells her basically like even though she kind of wants to go after the boy Claire, who she loves, <laughs> uh, she's not going to like put herself out there because the only person that she'd like willingly be that vulnerable for or like show up for like that her is sister. her sister. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I feel that mm-hmm. because I think that there are some things that you would do for like romantic love, but I think that there's like that bond that yeah. you don't have with anybody else. And sure, there are some, like, sibling relationships that are toxic and you shouldn't put yourself yeah. in a position where you're being, like, emotionally abused or manipulated by another person, even if they're your sibling. Yeah. But, but there's still, like, like, there was a time when me and, like, my oldest brother, Andy, like, we're just now kind of getting to a better place, but we mm-hmm. didn't talk at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, there, he came home one day and he had, like, literally basically gotten jumped, which is, like, a whole other story. <laughs> but he woke me up. He didn't go to my mom. He didn't go to adrian he woke me up and was like like i don't know what to do like should i go to the hospital like it was like such a freaking scary thing and i still was like okay like i handled it i wasn't like i'm like you're the only person i would call an uber for run outside and tell the uber like can we please not talk about his face because something's happened i just need to get him to the hospital (laughs) like (laughs) you're the only person i would do all of that for and still be mad at like at the we didn't talk at the end of that day he wasn't like oh my god thank you so much but it was Mm -hmm. just like an understanding of like you're my sibling yeah you're my brother i'm not just gonna let you you know like it's like Mm -hmm. that understanding of like you're the only person i would do that for because we're family right like well it's not even like yeah but not even just family but we're like we're the same we're the same yeah like you're a person who like and i would imagine it's like even more so with sisters because there's so many other things like i don't have that Mm -hmm. because i only have brothers andy and adrian have that like right like, they definitely have that because brothers. Yeah. they're brothers so they it's like we're literally the same mm-hmm. <laughs> but i yeah i do i love that scene yeah I, I i i really love the uh, progression mm-hmm. of their relationship because claire is still 
dealing with a lot of the things that she was dealing in the first season but I think in this season like she has oh, basically everything that she wants mm-hmm. like she has a man that she cares about her and that makes her feel good she has a job that she feels really passionate about mm-hmm. she's an accomplished person person on her own and even she even says she's like I'm funny I have a personality <laughs> I'm like I'm a real person but yeah. when I'm with you like I just feel like so with like Martin. you feel like no when she's with Fleabag oh, like yeah, she's yeah. like I feel this like it's like it was tangible for me I yeah. don't know if it's like that for anybody else but for me I was like oh I understand exactly what you're saying like you're <laughs> an individual you yeah. you have your ideas you have everything but sometimes you feel like you're stuck in that yeah. like in that like role, that, that role of yeah. like I'm your sister and there's this is that and like both of my sisters listen to this podcast and we talk about that a lot we're yeah. like sometimes it feels like it's hard to be your own person because you're only ever like this is who I am in relation to us yeah and so therefore I have to be this kind of way or I have to be that way and you're mm-hmm. like well no you're an individual you're a person yeah. who gets to grow and go through seasons of your life and mm-hmm. be one way and then because you're a human experience be life, another way yeah you get to be another way <laughs> and so that for me was really like beautiful and I like I loved it so when Fleabag says that this is a love story at the beginning of the season I genuinely feel like it's more about like her finding love for herself yeah and her and her sister finding love for each other when i feel like that's the whole point and obviously when we talk about the priest it'll get there (laughs) i feel like (laughs) no i think anytime anybody says the priest (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like the whole point of this was really that is like finding love in ways that don't have to be sexual or Mm -hmm. intimate or romantic that stuff is nice Mm -hmm. but i feel like she almost learns like that's not a consistent love and that's not a love that's like reliable Mm -hmm. unless you're like working for it and like these there are people in my life that are willing to do that with me yeah like and even her relationship with her dad like when she keeps telling him like i'll help you escape like let's go and he's like i just mean i really can't go because my foot's stuck and she's like oh Oh. (laughs) but like even stuff like that like that's her dad and like they like they all care about her as much as they might like he's like i i love you i might not like you all the time but i do love you Mm -hmm. i told you i'm like i think that's my dad with me (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's like understandable with anyone because my because i'm annoying no i'm saying with anyone like (laughs) Just because you, like, love someone and you're, like, friends with someone or family mm. or whatever, that doesn't mean you have to like every single thing they do or, every, like, yeah. oh, my God, you're perfect. Like, you don't do anything wrong. I don't think anybody is. That's so that's like, not a realistic. That idea of, like, unconditional love yeah. or, like, unconditional love meaning, un like, love that isn't um, accountable, mm-hmm. right? I was listening to the Michael Rosenbaum podcast and he had Jennifer Morrison on. This is, like, a... <laughs> oh god it's just an episode of of us (laughs) oh sorry um like he he i was just like going back to like catch up because there was a minute where like i'd stop listening to like all the white guy podcasts because i Mm -hmm. couldn't deal with it um but i went back and was revisiting some of them and they were talking about love or like unconditional love and she's like no because that can be really toxic like people Mm -hmm. think that loving somebody means like unconditionally and unconditionally doesn't mean without boundaries without accountability without um without having your your self-worth and self um like self-assertiveness or whatever Mm -hmm. um just saying like yeah you're my sister and i love you but if you behave in a way that's like harmful for me you're not going to get to behave that way yeah or um if you love yourself that you should sort of like love yourself um even with your flaws, even yeah. if they're flaws that maybe you need to work on. 
Yeah. Or if you love somebody else and if you're in like specifically a romantic relationship with somebody that you have to overlook some of their behaviors like right. Claire like and Martin, Martin where he's like, I'm not a bad guy. I just have a bad personality. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, look at my son. He's weird. And he's like, my son is weird. And he's like, I might not whatever, but I do things. He's like, I, I take the dishes out of the laundry. I pick up my son from whatever. And it's like, that's your son. You have to go pick him up. Right. From wherever. Like that's things you should be doing. The fact that he thought that was like proof of like him literally. Yeah existing and not just being in a point of stasis <laughs> thought he thought that that was like a way of of being in a good marriage i honestly oh, can we just talk about that scene for a second yeah. because one not that scene but in, like that relationship because the part where claire keeps saying like but like his son and i'm like the stepmom or whatever or i'm like his mom i don't know the exact i line, think but, that was season one when fleabag was telling her to take the job and he's like well, I and she was like he's not even like he's not your kid like that's not yeah. your responsibility but then in season two at the wedding when that's all happening he's like saying all of this and she's like no like i'm not i'm done like I, i'm not happy with you like i don't want to keep doing this and when he says like no i don't believe you like this is just your sister getting in your head like mm-hmm. it just like unless you get down on your knees and beg me to leave you i'm not doing it and i remember thinking like oh my god she's not gonna do it like she's not I almost was like, would that be degrading? Like, would that, like, is that, do you, like, he doesn't fucking deserve that. But the fact that she did do it, when she did do it, was like, I'm fucking telling you, I don't want to be with you. Leave me alone, basically. Like, this is it. But I felt like, I was like, that could be degrading. But also, (laughs) I also thought it was, like, pretty badass to be like, you don't think I'm going to do this. You think that I'm going to be too stuck up or I'm going to be too prideful or I'm going to be too, like, you know what? Here. Like, I'm done. I'm completely done. Like, I don't want your ass. But okay, here you go. Go. We ain't take want you it. here. Like, take I'm going to box. every step that I can box take. To the left. <laughs> put them in a box to the left because your cab's here. <laughs> oh, we're so dumb. Uh, no, but the fact that she was like this, if anything that I have to do to get you out of my life, if this is it, take it. Like, yeah. I don't even care about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was so badass. Like, I was like, what do you? What do you think about the fact that she said, I want you to leave me versus her saying, I'm leaving you? Because I think it was, I don't know. I feel like there's still some level of like not taking accountability. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, you need to leave me because I feel like it was also like a, you don't actually want to be with me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like I, I don't think that he really like loved and cared about her. I think that he just like that was an easy relationship. Right. Because she let it be. Yeah. To an extent, like she just did not hold him accountable. She was just like Everything is fine. Everything's I'll take fine. Care of everything. Right. And, so but yeah. I feel like it was almost like a way of forcing him mm-hmm. to like have accountability. Like you're leaving me because you gave up on this or because you don't try. Like it's I don't know. I think it was an interesting choice of words because that she did it was a very purposeful, I'm begging you to leave me. Yeah, I, I, I still need to think about that one a yeah. little bit. Like, I wonder, like, why that was the choice versus yeah. I'm leaving you. I don't care. Like, we're done. But I think she did care, though. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know? like I don't care about, like, anything else in terms of, like, there's nothing you can say that'll change my mind. Yeah. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, when she has her hair cut, when she looks like a pencil... <laughs> That was another one of those moments where I'm like, <laughs> only your sister would be like, no, it's fine. It's French. It's chic. 
It's French and shit. And that's and she actually, looks at the camera like, dear God. And, and I know that, like, they've asked Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like, uh, like if, if the show is based on her real life. And she's like, not, like, yeah, but not really. Like, it's informed, but it's, like, definitely, like, not a true story. Yeah. And this is, like, one of those bits, so that it was a true story. That she, like, her, in the first season, her hair was really short. And her hair was not that short normally. And it, it wasn't supposed to be, but she got a haircut because she was Babies? trying to be cute. Oh. Yeah, and that's and that ended up being that short. And then she calls her sister and has a full freak out. And she's like, "It's it's French, it's chic." <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's in there. I it love looks like that a real though, because it was such a. It wasn't even like a like no, of course. Like it was such an aggressive like. It's French, it's chic. It looks like, really good. It's great. And then she gets mad and goes to Anthony, and then she's like, "Here is everything." And then he's like, "Sure, the reference picture." And that's exactly. <laughs> And she's like, oh, so- sorry. And, like, and then there was those moments where they're, like, significant because there's, yeah. like, they're clear kind of realizing that she's just, like, kind of, like, sort of, like, had it with herself, too, where she yeah. can no longer rationalize the way that she's been living, where she's like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. this guy loves my stupid haircut. Like, he's, like, genuinely... <laughs> he's like, oh, it's cute. He's like, you look so, so fun. Like, he really, really likes yeah. it. And he's just, like, enjoys her so much that I think that when you have somebody, like, so enthusiastically and like unapologetically like accepting you who you are it's kind of hard to go back to not being who you are because you're like actually people do like me and actually people do accept me and so why am i putting up with this crap yeah if i don't have to Mm -hmm. i don't like i love being cold i love i love love the male claire (sighs) yeah boy claire is so good boy claire so good (laughs) but okay so (sighs) let's get let's get to the nitty-gritty we've avoided it for as long as we possibly could okay so preface uh (laughs) i love this for analytical and like uh smarty brained reasons only Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, phoebe recently hosted snl and in her monologue she was like me and and andrew who played the priest were like they were like really caught off guard by how much people were like riveted by by his character in this whole plot of this of the second series mm-hmm. and, and sh- essentially the the butt of or not the punchline is that the reason that people and women specifically are so obsessed is because the priest was actually listening <laughs> like he's actually like engaging job and like engaged <laughs> focused meaningful reciprocal conversation and like just like connection with somebody well and i think that's what's so like it's a little sad that that's what's so riveting (laughs) about this character yeah but it's true it's like they have genuine smart conversations and like i think the basis of religion really allows for that because obviously he would be someone that's very informed in in it and believes in it Mm -hmm. and it's literally his life's work now (laughs) um and she's someone that says like i don't believe in god like whatever I don't don't believe in it. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) But they explore it and their relationships in a way that's, like, critical, but it's open. Like, he's like, okay, like, you're allowed to think that, but, you know, I'll just, like, we'll just be there. We'll just be, like, friends. We can get to know each other. Like, that's Mm -hmm. fine. You know? Yeah. I think that there's a couple things. So, initially, like, I think that there was just, like, the fact that he was a person who wasn't in the immediate family, so he didn't know the, like 
their language of like we're not going to acknowledge things we're not going to have conversations that we don't want to have and we're going to repress 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 Mm -hmm. and he seems like a very observant person a very like open person because i mean you have to be that way if you're going to tell people that your brother is a pedophile like right off the bat right and he was like no he's a pedophile and then he's like also i get the irony of that like Like, i understand there's like he has this Mm self-awareness that i think is what makes it so much more like poignant because he's aware of that he's aware of a lot of the like the taboo like connotations of being a priest and like the church and the catholic church specifically and he also is not a person who is just like from like who was just like in the church like right away like he had a life he chose to be in the church he he talks about how he came to it later in life and how he um like this was a conscious choice that you're saying like he decided that this was his path and he decided that like celibacy that devotion to god the devotion to uh being a priest like that was his his path not because Mm -hmm. of anything else but because he tried a lot of other things and that's what makes the most sense for his life yeah um what i think like yeah obviously there's the whole church scene there's the scenes of them like getting to know each other like there's like some like pure like rom-com like yeah bits to it or you're like oh it's sweet and we're just gonna not we're like as a person who grew up catholic i was like (laughs) (laughs) we're just like oh no and like i like my family like my immediate family has never been like particularly religious like super into it like like but we did grow up in the church but not in the same way that people kind of say that but like they just have a connection to it so um and then of course like when i was young that uh that guy garcia movie came out what was it uh the you know what i'm talking about the priest movie where he gets the girl pregnant yeah but i can't she has an abortion and my laptop died so i can't look it up here i will look it up for you it was a pecado del padre something something (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway so that came out so there's like all these like things right where you're just like oh that's so not okay like that's not something that should happen and i'm really curious to see if other people kind of had some like a weird but i i was like el pecado del padre amaro el pecado del padre amaro yep there you go so if you've if you've seen it you know but (laughs) (laughs) so all of this is like like context for like any kind of like priest imagery that Mm -hmm. i've seen in film or tv uh or they're like the cool or like the cool like young like youth pastor or whatever (laughs) so he's like sweary he talks about like his past Mm -hmm. and he seems to like really want to connect with fleabag it's not even like in a oh i'm a decent person it's like come to the church let's have a conversation let me invite you to these things let's enjoy um like a drink a drink in the middle of the day or when he's showing her all his outfits and he's like you know for a second there i was worried i was just in it for the outfits yeah like he's <laughs> but i think he also says that like he kind of reveals himself in the beginning because he's like i am lonely yeah and pam seems like she's a little overbearing <laughs> <laughs> so i kind of do feel like and maybe i'm just trying to like rationalize oh, it but I, I feel like he was just looking for another person to connect with yeah and just as it happens sometimes that connection becomes something that maybe you shouldn't be seeking out with somebody and Mm -hmm. so my thoughts on it have to do a lot with and i know this is like a big online thing but it's the um the mortifying ordeal of being known Mm 
mm-hmm. which is a line from a New York Times article that came out a few years ago, uh, and I'll link it. Um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, and I refer to this article all the time because when I read it, I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the guy um, who wrote this article, um, he was CC'd on an email that was basically talking crap about him. And so he's talking about how, like, people, um, even if they're not meant to be malicious, they'll talk about you. Yeah. Um, And just uh, through the the fact that you're a person in the world that's interacting with other people, you will have situations in which other people, like, talk about you or or have awareness of you that -hmm. you're not a part of. So you're not in control of that narrative. But sometimes when you want to connect with somebody... You have um, Tim Kreider. Yeah, there you go. Uh, He, like, you have to basically um, allow yourself to be known in a mortifying way because it takes away the control from you. It takes away the, um, like, you don't control the narrative of how you're you're perceived. Right. And so, like, I have a big thing about perception. Like, I feel weird about people perceiving me and, like, people, like, knowing me. Like, I'm not really good at it and I have a hard time with it. (laughs) And so even if I couldn't relate to other parts of the priest Fleabag storyline, that I was like hardcore, like yes. I feel this. There's <laughs> a scene where they were at Hillary's cafe and he's essentially like he's, I'm just trying to get to know you. Well I don't, I don't want, want that. that. <laughs> I was like hard same. <laughs> hard same. Do you know and, what's funny? Is I feel like I've literally had that conversation before. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you have. I, I Knowing have. you, I bet you have. <laughs> But anyway, I'm going to shut up about it. But the last bits of what I'll say is that, <laughs> like, again, going back to, like, different, like, uh, camera work, different devices that are used. Again, um, when in the first season, we as the audience are sort of, like, like, un- like we are unknowing, we're unsure of what's happening. In this part, we kind of also feel complicit. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, he d- we don't want him to know. Because like, we also, were before we were getting to know Fleabag, now we kind of are Fleabag, where we're like, we have our secrets and we have why we don't want to talk about certain things. And then he looks directly at us oh, as the camera. The, well, and the part where he keeps saying, where you notice that he's like, who are you talking to? Yeah, like, you're like, just kind of oh. spaced out and like. And then he starts out. Like he starts out at the cat at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. He does that when she goes to hang out with him, and they hang out on the bench. And then there's the fox. Yeah. Uh, he does that, of course, there in that scene where like, she's like keeps looking at us the the fourth wall, and then he's like, "What are you looking at? I'm just trying to get to know you." And he's like, directly like confronting her for the thing yeah. that she doesn't think that other people notice. And he's yeah. like why are you like spacing out all of a sudden like hello i'm talking to you yeah and whether that is her like actually looking away or if um i know you never watched crazy Mm ex-girlfriend but on there like in the last season uh she does this a lot where she kind of goes into like her like um uh what what do you call it like daydreams Daydreams, where it's her musical numbers yeah and so you kind of it's like a little funny aside where they're like she kind of like spaces out and they're like oh yeah she just does this sometimes just leave her alone she'll come back so I'm like, is it something like that where she yeah. kind of like spaces out and people kind of just let her? Yeah. And that's, he's like, excuse me, <laughs> I'm talking to you. Where'd Hello? you go right now? <laughs> um, and again, that comes back to the ordeal of being known is that if sometimes people want to know you superficially and you're like, yeah, well, I'll just tell you superficially, but I'm not going to let you in to know the real me. Yeah. And without 
her without her consent of knowing that that's where they're going that's where they they ended up right but he was always like well i'm just trying to talk to you or hello yeah hello yeah anyway those are my thoughts i told you lucy that i was gonna have a hard time with it i know Uh, maybe i'll write something about it instead (laughs) do a blog post about all your feelings i just don't even know that's my thoughts well i think that maybe the priest of it all as i've been calling it (laughs) might be a story for another day but uh i think that this is like intro to fleabag yeah it's a good place to sort of start wrapping up some thoughts um i just want to talk about the end we didn't do we want to talk about it and that'll be a wrap-up it was terrible yeah (laughs) do you regret or do you wish that they would have ended up together no me neither no i there's like a little part of me that's like oh my god that would be so cute but also it's not realistic because that's not his truth that's not his life and I feel like it's, again, that thing of, like, kind of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And though it would have been great, like, he knows that that's not his path and that's not what's right for him or good for him. And he said, like, the scene where he goes, like, the worst part about it is that I fucking love you. Or she says that. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's like, yeah, like, I love you, too. Like, I, I do. Well, he first says it'll pass, right? And here's another <laughs> little bit of trivia for you. So I it'll guess Andrew pass. was was adamant that he had to say i love you back because in the script originally it wasn't he was just going to say it'll pass and then he was going to leave and um phoebe was saying that he was like let's just do a couple where he says i love you or he (laughs) says i love you too and of course those are the ones that they went with because she's like yeah that was that was the right call yeah and when i was watching it again for for this he has a little tear in his eye i was like cool if i wasn't already dead yeah if i wasn't already deceased Sometimes you need to make those decisions. And it's like, that sucks, but that relationship gave you what it was going to give you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes it's better to part ways. Kind of like on a a good note, it wasn't like a dramatic end like her and Harry. It wasn't or like Claire and Martin. It wasn't anything. It was like, okay, like we both know how we feel about each other we both knew it was never gonna work and we still kind of let it go there yeah a little bit <laughs> and it's just not gonna happen there is honestly so much that we can talk about because we so can much, talk but... about like the give and take between when he goes to see her at her apartment and, and and even before when he's like we're not gonna have sex and then he's like yeah this is gonna happen isn't it or his like i can't have sex with you because if i do i'll fall in love with you hello kill me yeah kill me hello um yeah. uh but, but i it's like he's still human it's the same person. thing, like, we're human. We make mistakes or we make whatever decision we thought was right in the moment. Uh-huh. And, but he's also allowed to understand that it was a mistake. I, you know, I think, I know that a lot of people were having issue, obviously, with the show. And, like, like Catholics out there were like, this is blasphemy and this is, you're going to go to hell or whatever. Which is, like, cool, see you there. Uh, but... <laughs> meet me but, there we'll be there with the cast of Fleabag yeah we'll be there with the cast of Fleabag and the rest of the people from the good place um but the thing is that I think that they did such a beautiful portrayal of what it means to have true like religion and true faith because he's not saying like I have a blind faith that carries me through like you're a person you mm-hmm. have these moments in which you do question your faith you have 
it's a it's a daily decision that you're making Mm -hmm. you're every day you're saying this is i've chosen this path i've chosen to do this and this is why and it seems like he was maybe reinforced by his relationship with fleabag where he's like i do have a capacity for love i do have like passion and i do have like choice Mm -hmm. and my choice and my choice continues to be yeah to be in the church and i think for fleabag it was you do have the capacity for self selfless love like you do have the capacity to love somebody genuinely in a way that is like true to have a connection you can connect with somebody and and that she deserves that like i feel like that was a big part of it because i think after everything with boo in season one Mm -hmm. i feel like that's part of when things like that happen or when you have a situation where it's like you feel like you did something wrong or you were the guilty party in that it's like oh i don't deserve a relationship like that or i don't deserve love or i don't deserve to be cared about because i'm like a fuck up or something yeah you know and i feel like the second season was her like being accepted by a lot of people Mm -hmm. like her sister her family and then like the priest and being like you're deserving of like someone who cares about you and who gives you attention and like gets to know you and cares about like you and wants to get to know you yeah like you're deserving of that it's not hiding yourself yeah like it's not gonna be me because i can't give you that at the level that you should have it right i there's a lot there there is a lot and my final for real final points on (laughs) this are like thus like that scene where um Fleabag and her dad are up in his room after mm-hmm. the funeral where she um has that flashback with Boo where she's telling her, you know that she has all this love and she doesn't know where to put it mm-hmm. and then of course she, Boo says I'll take it and then Boo dies yeah um the fact that Godmother in a me in a in a attempt to hurt Fleabag tells her that the statue was actually based on her mother her kind of I feel like the fact that at the end of this of the show she gets up she looks at us tells us no to stay put that we're done um and then walks away with the trophy that or yeah the trophy that represents her mother who she had all this love for Mm -hmm. um and i feel like she's reclaimed her love Mm -hmm. she's reclaimed her love and put it not just in this like physical symbol but also like in herself where like she had it for her mom she had it for boo they're both gone she had it for the priest he's gone but she mm-hmm. still has this love yeah and she still has a part of her mom and whether that's in the statue or within her yeah that means that like she can carry love with her and that right. she has a capacity to like actually wield it herself mm-hmm. and um also they used alabama shakes at the I end, know. which is like perfect I, re- I was like oh my god i love this song <laughs> so oh uh, yeah i think that that's enough me crying about Fleabag for one day. Yeah, if but... you want to hear an episode about the priest of it all. <laughs> <laughs> episode whatever, the priest of it all. We can definitely do that. I just need, like, maybe, like, uh, like an ambulance just to help me. So, yeah, we can definitely keep talking about it. Um, Lucy, remind the people about a fun little cl- club activity that we're doing. Um, we're, we're starting a book club, people. Uh, we really are. We are. But it's the Harry Potter edition. We're going to start off with reading the seven books in the Harry Potter series. Del, we all know this. Um, but our first episode comes out in a little under a month, a little over a month. A little bit on the 13th of November. Yeah. Um, we're going to be looking at 
the sorcerer's stone yeah so visit semi-irregularpodcast.com forward slash book club to send us your questions yes, your yes, thoughts yes. your feelings your emotions your whatever and yeah lucy where can the people listen to us they can listen to us on soundcloud spotify apple Podcasts, google play podcast semi-regularpodcast.com forward slash links for all of that leave us mm-hmm. reviews por favor on apple Podcasts. Yeah, just like the priest said you know it'll pass but your love for us won't. So go on <laughs> Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, send us some love, share us with your best friend. Yes, yes, yes. Your enemies, your frenemies, everyone, distant relatives, all Just of them. Just anyone that will listen. All right, let's see. <laughs> it's been real. It's been really, really real. All right. See ya. Okay, bye. bye.